I just wanted to extend my very warm uh, greetings this morning. It's great to have you here and uh, particularly welcome if you haven't uh, been here before, if I've not had the opportunity of introducing myself, really is great to have you with us. And uh, just as Paul said, we have had a new addition to our family right here. This is Oliver. He's a... Uh, He's three weeks uh, old, there or thereabouts, uh, three weeks and a couple of days. And um, he, uh, I guess, just goes to show that we are playing our part in the King's Arms breeding program. However, uh, it's, please do speak to my wife that this is the end of our opportunity to play <laughs> our part in the King's Arms breeding program. But no, he's doing great. And, uh, you know, as I was preparing for uh, this morning's message, um, I was thinking to myself, what do I really want for my children? So I've got three kids, that's James and Lexi as well. And uh, the truth is that I want them to be people who are truly themselves. I want them to be people who follow their dreams, who know God, and who uh, want to, to love other people. Okay? They're, they're the kind of core messages. And I want that for each of the kids that we've prayed for this morning who are being dedicated. And uh, I want that for every single one of us as well. And so what we're going to be doing today is looking at a gentleman who I think does that brilliantly follows his dreams, he's completely himself, who loves God and who loves other people. And now uh, we're going to be uh, taking, if you like, the next step on what we've been doing as a series through this summer, which is a series looking at live, living history makers, Christians who have got remarkable influence all over the world. And uh, just to say, what we're not doing is lifting any of these people up as perfect. Okay? What we recognize that both through the Bible as well as in lives right now, every single one of us has fallen short outside of one. And it's him who we honor this morning as the King's Arms because we want to honor Jesus Christ. But we also recognize that we can learn so many amazing lessons from people who have gone before us and are doing remarkable things for God. And I trust that today God is going to inspire us through the life of uh, someone who has got incredible influence. So, how many people here have heard of Bear Grylls? Oh yes, we're going to be talking for a little while about Bear Grylls. Of course you have, because uh, uh, he's got one of the um, most popular TV shows there has ever been. But I'm going to tell you more about that in a moment. Right now, he's known around the world, one of the most recognized faces for his work in survival and outdoor adventure. But what you may not know is the backstory that actually got him to have the profile that he has right now. And so we're going to look at this guy of incredible confidence, of incredible adventure, but also someone who honors Jesus and he recognizes him as his source of strength and his source of salvation. Now, I honestly want to say to you that this is quite possibly the manliest man of all time. Some of the clips that I've been watching uh, this, this week are quite astonishing. And uh, to be honest, you've got to be very brave if you're going to go to YouTube and type in Bear Grylls because there is some crazy wild stuff. And whilst we're going to see one or two clips this morning, I've saved some of the most squeamish stuff uh, to, uh, for you to go and look at yourself if you want to. But why don't we just pause for a minute and ask that God would come and speak to us uh, and inspire us through his life. Okay? Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity. Lord, gathering this morning with so many new friends and family. And uh, Father, I want to pray that your presence and your spirit would be here. And that God, you would truly inspire us and that you would give us a greater picture of both what is possible, but also, Lord, what you want to do uniquely and personally in every single one of our lives. So we commit this morning to you now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so let me tell you a little bit about Bear Grylls, because he actually wasn't christened Bear, funnily enough. And uh, his name, and by the way, there are some activity sheets available at the back should any young people uh, want to follow through at the same time, okay? But go and grab one of those sheets if you want to. His, uh, his name is actually Edward Michael Grylls. 
But in the first week or so of his life, he had an older sister. And uh, this, you see, is not such a manly thing. Uh, his, his sister started calling him Teddy, and then started calling him Teddy Bear. But then the bear bit stuck, which I think is an incredibly manly name for the most manly person that you can imagine. And so it's this famous name that has actually got stuck with him. And uh, he was born to, uh, to a fairly uh, well-off family, a prestigious childhood, some would say, to a conservative politician called Sir Michael Grills and his wife, Lady Sarah Grills. And he was actually brought up in a Christian family. And so on an early, uh, from an early age, he kind of had an awareness of God and a basic faith in him. But it was adventure that really gripped everything that Bear was going to do. And so he would climb and he would sail with his dad. And so he loved his dad, loved spending time with his father. But by all accounts, because of this kind of adventurous and somewhat aggressive spirit, some would say, he had a bit of a tough time and uh, he was a little bit of a difficult child to raise. And so in uh, high school, he got into all sorts of trouble doing various different things. Eventually... Eventually, kind of climbing to the top of, of various different parts of the building and being chased around by all sorts of kind of guards and, and protectors and so on. And, um, but he, he, he got into the sort of crowd who didn't portray Christians particularly well. So he thought that uh, being, uh, going to church was all about smoking behind the, uh, sorry, uh, avoiding smoking behind the bike shed. And uh, he said, if this is God, maybe I have got the whole thing wrong. And so he kind of ditched his faith through that schooling period. Now, Grills was regularly in trouble. And uh, he actually ended up getting uh, expelled from school for kissing the headmaster's daughter. (laughs) Slightly awkward. But everything changed quite dramatically when he was 16 years of age. And it was then that uh, Grills lost his godfather quite out of the blue. Someone who, for him, was a second father to him. And uh, Bear says, I remember wanting to pray, but not knowing how to. And so what happened was that he went off into a field, climbed up a tree, and it was in that tree that he began to express and began to share all the things that were deep into his heart. And he came back to this very simple prayer that said, God, will you be that friend to me that you were when I was five or six, when it all felt so natural? You see, this was a very simple prayer, albeit manliest man doing it up in a tree, but a very simple prayer of allowing Jesus to come and lead his life. Bear says uh, he soon learned that religion that he was thinking about at school had nothing to do with entrusting your life to Christ. And in fact, Jesus himself was the least religious person you'll ever meet. And then he said this, it was no more complicated than that. And actually, the amazing thing is that all God asks is that we sort of open the door And he'll do the rest. So often we hide behind our yearning for love and acceptance with loads of complicated theological questions. And actually, once that's stripped away, what we really are is just somebody who wants to have that relationship with your father. So he came back and uh, established this relationship with God and finished high school and then applied uh, to be part of what the British military's very toughest unit, the SAS, or the Special Air Service. And uh, here he learns uh, combat survival, to be a combat survival instructor, to be a uh, uh, demolitions expert. He learned parachuting and to unarmed combat as well as evasive driving and to be a trauma medic. It's quite some experience. Life seemed pretty perfect until he was holidaying over in South Africa. And uh, he spent some time out there, and uh, as was one of the things that he could do, is that he went up to Zambia, um, in, sorry, Zimbabwe, excuse me, 
in order to do some uh, skydiving with some very good friends. And so he went there and uh, you know, they, they got off in this, in this small plane and they're flying at around about 16,000 feet. And then one by one, his friends began to kind of jump out, parachutes on their back, and Bear was the last one to jump out of the plane. So he jumps out of the plane, he starts to uh, free fall, as you would, and then when he got to around about 3,000 feet, he reached up to his right shoulder in order to pull the cord. Now initially, he thought that everything was working fine. He pulled it, and the parachute came up, and he began to slow down. But he didn't slow down as much as he realized that he had to. And so he looked up and realized where he wanted it to be, a perfectly shaped rectangle of a chute. This thing was uh, twisted, and the, the cords weren't out properly. Now by this point, he was too late to be able to pull on the reserve chute. And so he's there staring down at the um, uh, ground beneath him as it's coming at an incredibly strong rate, and he begins to panic. Coming in at speed, he smashes into the desert floor, bouncing like a rag doll, and he lands directly onto his back, rolling over and simply crying out in agony. Now, he learned, having been taken uh, away, that he'd broken his back, but he'd also come within a whisker of severing completely his spinal cord. And if he had done that, he would have never moved again. As it was, even though, even though he was in this such discomfort and had to go through months and months of uh, kind of treatment and rehabilitation, his SAS career was in tatters. He realized he'd never be able to do anything like that. And so for the eight months, he was pretty much bedridden and having to... Um, having to, to, to do various bits of therapy. But what he would do is he had a poster over and above his bed. And the poster was of Mount Everest, the biggest mountain on earth. And it's a mountain that um, he and his dad had talked for many years about the prospect of climbing. And uh, all the way through his months laying there, he just looked up at this poster and thought to himself, do you know what? I want to do it. I want to do it one day. And that became both the motivation and the focus behind his recovery. Now, understand that the idea of climbing Mount Everest at this point was phenomenally tough, okay? So statistically, at that point, about one in every six people who even attempted to get to the top would lose their lives. Indeed, over 29,000 feet, the air is just too thin to be able to sustain life, and let alone the sort of environment where some of the most physically challenging climbing could be possible. And yet, aged just 23 years of age, Bear began this expedition to climb it. Reaching the summit on May 26, 1998, just 18 months after he'd had his parachuting accident. Making Bear the, the youngest Briton, and at the time, one of only 31 climbers who had ever got to the top of the Everest. Now... Bear says that right the way through that period, the three-month expedition that he went on, he was utterly dependent upon prayer and the Bible verses that he knew. And philosophically speaking, he says this. He says it's easy to be totally self-sufficient on an island when things are going well on our own. But the wild and life isn't like that. I've learned that it takes a proud man to say that he needs nothing. And I'm not like that. So my faith is important. I've also learned that there aren't many atheists in the death zone on Everest. I just don't meet many people who have been through incredible experiences and come out of it totally without faith. Now, this expedition was the first of many that Bear would begin to take, just as he was trying to stretch himself and push himself to the limit. And so just a year later, he again was climbing an incredible peak called Amma de Blam. And this was the mountain that Sir Edmund Hillary said was unclimbable. And again, he was the youngest person ever to do it. 
And so what happened was that he began to, to take lectures and tell stories about some of the things that he was getting up to on these expeditions when he was overheard by someone who happened to work and was connected to Channel 4. Cue his TV debut. But the big break came when he was discovered and, and given the opportunity of doing a show on the Discovery Channel called Born Survivor. And then it was called, I believe, Man vs. Wild. And uh, the whole role that Bear had was in order to teach people how to stay alive in extreme conditions. Now, as I referenced at the start, this is one of the most popular shows that has ever been. To the point where it's, it's reached, they, they suggest, 1.2 billion people in 200 different countries. Talk about influence. Now, would you uh, like the opportunity of seeing a couple of clips? Yeah. Hey, listen, let's cue this first video. Successful survival involves four basic principles. Protection, rescue, water, and food. Sometimes you just need a place to rest up to keep you out of the elements. Uh. Oh my goodness. This one has been living in there a very, very long time. I'm not gonna eat, I'm not gonna need to eat for a week after this one. What I'm doing now is making a bow. It takes a little perseverance, but once you've mastered it, it's as good as having a box of matches. Cool. It's like eating a giant, sticky, slimy bogey that leaves a very gooey trail. I can use a bit of charcoal from my fire to make a basic water filter. And then just over the top of it, put a bit of my t-shirt. Okay, let's give it a try. Well, it tastes clean. Maybe a bit sweaty for my t-shirt, but good to drink and safe. That should be enough. And then what I do is put the leaf in and drop that on top. And yeah, look at that, there you go. She's beginning to swing round. Freely suspended metal that's been magnetized will always point to magnetic north. Just like mud and mucus. And it always feels like whenever I eat these things, the last thing they do in revenge is go to the loo in my mouth. So why they always take But you know, one sting for a load of Honeycomb isn't too bad. Feels like a kind of big price to pay for a bit of honey. But if you risk nothing, you gain nothing. So this time hasn't quite worked out. Here you go. Oh, God. This stuff just stinks. That has to be one of the worst stink bits. I've ever been. And it's really, really yellow pee, which is a sign that I'm definitely getting pretty dehydrated now. And yeah, it doesn't smell great. <laughs> but this is really nice and cooling. 
Honestly, it's absolutely, absolute craziness. My, my, the most impressive clip that I saw was when, uh, when he found this pile of elephant dung, desperate for dehyd uh, desperately dehydrated, desperate for fluid. He lifted the fresh elephant dung b uh, above him and then began to squeeze just to rehydrate his body. Listen, it's all very impressive. And I, I don't know whether you've uh, seen many of these kind of clips before, but Bear seems to have some kind of issue with, with drinking his own urine. I mean, I don't know what that is. It's just... Now, he actually says, he actually says that it's totally fine to be able to drink it straight from the tap. However, if you boil it first, that, that, that's your, your, your better option, all right? Now, he, uh, he, says, he says the reason he does this stuff is to share skills which are fun and absolutely edgy, but can genuinely save somebody's life. And his survival uh, suggestions can be summed up like this, he says, in three words. Never give up. Never give up, okay? And if that's a word for someone today, no matter what situation you are in, then make sure that you're aware. That's what Bear Grylls wants to say to you today, okay? Now, I wondered, because one of the things that I learned whilst doing a bit of research, one of the things that I learned was that um, uh, pound for pound, insects actually have more protein than either beef or fish. And so I wondered whether anybody would like to try one of these. This is, um, this is called a water bug. And um, apparently it's absolutely safe to eat. And so does, does anyone want to try one? Come on, Ollie. I could see an arm at the back there. That is your arm, right? It was either your arm or somebody else putting it up. But you can come down. Come on, come on. Charge down, Ollie. This... Um, This, this is a water bug, and um, it, it has got its legs on. I, I understand you can eat the leg and the heads and, and everything, and so um, uh, do you want to just, just tell people what it, what it smells like for a first? Uh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> not and edible. Not edible. Do you know what? Just, just because I, I figured it would only be fair, I'm going to do it as well, all right? So, there's three. Does anyone, there's, there are three. Does anyone else want to do it? Tara, are you going to come? Right, come. Tara. This is, um, this is your water bug right here. I, bet, I, I, I don't suppose people... Do I have to have this one? It's like dangling. Um, <laughs> this seemed like such a good idea at the time. Um, all right, how are we going to do this? Is it like one, two, three, and chew? Are you going to go all in or are you going to bite it? You're going to bite it? You're going to go all in? You've got a big enough mouth. All right, I have... Um, I'm afraid, I haven't got any sick buckets, but I do have two cups of water for each of you, all right? I'm, I'm going to stick with the urine down here, it's fine. Um, all right, three, two, one, go. Do you want, you want to count us in? So the, so the fascinating thing at this point is the peer pressure is such, there is no way that we cannot eat this right now. All right, should we do it? All right, go on, count us in. It's really flaky. It's really flaky. Um, I think it tastes like fish food. Don't do it. No. Oh, it's really bad. Um, I can't speak because it's not going. It's really mm. dry. It is. Yeah. Mm. It's difficult to swallow. It's, it's, like, fish, it's like fish food. Mm. I mean, like the smell of fish food. <laughs> if you can just give it a moment. 
which has got a whole new appreciation for those who go on, I'm a celebrity, get my out of here, am I right? Well, it's a bear. I'm good. Yeah. Round two. A round of applause for these guys, please. It's actually not gone yet. Seriously, don't ever do that again. <laughs> it was only a tiny bit. I ate the rest, all right? <laughs> Listen, Bear Grylls is a quite remarkable man. And uh, that was the, uh, just one of the examples of what, what some of the things that he has done. But he's also done incredible exhibitions. He paramoted over the top of the Himalayas. He's led expeditions to both the North and the South Pole. And he's navigated through the incredibly difficult Northwest Passage. Now, what he says about it is this, every day is the most wonderful of blessings and a gift I never take for granted. As for the scars, broken bones, aching limbs and sore back, I consider them reminders that life is precious and that maybe I'm more fragile than I care to admit. So one of the things that I'm inspired by is just some of the things that he goes out and he just does. But to be honest with you, there's also some more subtle things that really inspire me about him. You know, every day with my three kids, three now, I can send them off to preschool just saying, saying to them something very simple. It's like, what's your mission? And they say back to me, Steve, my, they say daddy actually. <laughs> they say, that's right. They say, daddy, our mission is to love God and to love people. And it comes from a passage in Mark 12 where someone asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And he says this, he says, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. That's a simple instruction for all of us. Love God and love people. And it's something that Bear Grylls does incredibly well. One of the shows that he's been involved with um, has given him the opportunity of taking incredibly influential people, often celebrities, out on adventures. And what I've been so impressed just to watch him doing some of the things that he has done. So interactions, whether it's with Piers Morgan or Michael McIntyre or Zac Efron or Ben Stiller, Julia Roberts, Kate Winslet, so many of them who has had the opportunity of being out there and blessing. And so I figured again, maybe it was worth a, an opportunity of just seeing how he interacts with some of these people on one of these TV shows. I feel lucky. I don't feel burdened by it. I mean, people are, can be pretty mean, though. They can, now that there's all the social media and the comments, if I ever want to feel really bad about myself, I just click on one of those Daily Mail comment sections. Was that, I mean, was there pressure to kind of look a certain way or not? Yeah, um, for you're sure. You're such an icon in that show. Do you know what I mean? You're like foxy, sassy. I think there's a pressure to maintain that, not just because of fame, but just, you know, being a woman in this business and getting older has not been, you know, I don't think that's the easiest thing. You know, one of the things I love about these journeys is yeah. that you see really people as they are. Yeah. And for what it's worth, the natural you is just amazing and gorgeous and there's light in your eyes and, and that's priceless. And it's... I mean, there's certain parts about getting older there, it's fantastic. Just watching my daughter go through, you know, the game of life. I bet you're a sweet mum with her. I, I, I just have a great time with her. She's at camp right now, not doing near as <laughs> adventurous things as I am. She's <laughs> well, not doing this. She would have been proud of you on that line. Okay, we've got to keep heading down there. Okay. I suppose a, a man of faith like you, this probably restores your faith in the creation or a creator. Yeah, I think so. I, I always find it's like a, a spiritual defrag. 
Yes. You know, that I, and I sometimes lose that in the business of everyday life. I mean, I, I'm, I am an atheist or I, I call myself a humanist because I do have a belief and that is in our own capacity to solve our problems and to uh, find out more about the world and the universe around us. I went to school and, you know, religion was presented in a way where it was all very cold and impersonal and yeah. judgmental and yeah. it's taken me an awful long time in mountains like this to realise actually for me, my Christian faith is much more intimate and, and stumbling and awkward and personal. And I still somehow feel that in this difficult life, we're loved. Yes. And it's a bit like swimming, you know, you kind of, you, you can feel it all around you and you know it's holding you up, but it, it's hard to or describe indeed. it if you never swam. But it's actually been the greatest strength in my life, you know. It, 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 I suppose there's a danger of getting very pretentious when you're in a vast landscape like this, because it does make you think all the imponderable questions come tumbling into your mind, don't they? You know the thing I was most worried about on this whole trip? What's that? It's just keeping you safe. I'm skinny, but I'm tougher than I look. You are. Well, we've, we've made it. Mission accomplished. Thank you. Can I pray for you before we go? Absolutely. One of the things I really wanted to do was to be able to say a little prayer with him, and it's always awkward doing that. But, um, you know, here's a man who really has the weight of the world on his shoulders, and everyone's always taking from him. And I just wanted just for 10 seconds just to be able to pray for him and, and for protection over the incredible stuff he's doing. Lord, I thank you for the presence, great strength of courage and character. Bless and protect his work and his family. Uh, forgive us when we fall short and help us to be strong in you. Amen. Amen. Appreciate you, man. You're amazing. Thank you. God bless. Right. Honestly, it's been such a privilege. I had a wonderful time. As I said, I'm genuinely I'm in awe of what you're doing to protect our planet. Well, you are a great ambassador for the wilderness. Isn't that incredible? It just shows, even in three very simple clips. It's just the power of someone being themselves, of someone loving other people in front of them, no matter who it is, whether they're of incredible stature and influence like the President of the United States, or whether it's someone who actually has some very different beliefs like Stephen Fry. And I just love the way that he was so genuinely kind and encouraging and life-giving to someone like Courtney Cox, who uh, has been such an icon for so many, for so many years. Bear Grylls has had so many shows, he started survival schools, he's been named the, the youngest ever chief scout. So he's kind of leading a group of up to over 40 million scouts worldwide. He's been made an honor, honorary colonel of the Royal Marines Commandos, authored over 20 books, including a best-selling autobiography. He's put his name to, to games and to clothing ranges and he's fronted global campaigns. He's wrestled with alligators and holds a world record for the highest open-air formal dinner, which uh, was at 7,600 meters high. He's toured the UK with a spectacular show arena called uh, Endeavour. And uh, he's uh, done so many incredible things. But do you know what he points to as the two uh, main successes in his life? is all about the faith in Christ. It's all about faith in Christ. And he was actually on um, a, a show... Uh, just a chat show was trying to find out. Piers Morgan was talking to him, and he said, "Look, out of all the things that you've achieved, having missing now your late father, what would be the thing that he would have been most proud of?" And he looked at him and said, "Well, you know, it's the, it's the same things that I'm most proud of. I'm so proud that I'm with my wife, and I'm so proud of my three boys. Everything else, he says, is simply transient." 
So I'm going to close by just reading something uninterrupted that came directly from Bear Grylls. You see, as someone who has seen far more of the world than I or anyone else in this room is ever likely to, who has experienced more things, I think he actually has the opportunity with some confidence to be able to speak into our situation even now. He says this, If I'm going to enter a difficult jungle or an uncharted mountain range, I always make sure I have a good guide. Life is the same. Go it alone by all means, but you make the journey that much harder. Trust me. Give yourself the best shot of reaching your destination and achieving all that you are meant to in this life. You need a great guide. Someone who can lead you, inspire you, comfort and strengthen you. Especially when the going gets tough, as it invariably will. For me, my simple faith has so often brought light to a dark earth, joy to a cold mountain and strength to a failing body. And who better to have as a guide than the person who made the path or the mountain in the first place? Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes to the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven, creator of the earth. A good person to have on your side, I always figure. Now some of you will say, hey, I don't need this Christian stuff, and I hear you. But it's easy to be cynical when everything's going your way. Remember that, but to have faith is much harder and takes much more courage. Robin Knox Johnson, the round-the-world sailor, said, there is no such thing as an atheist in the Southern Ocean. What that says to me is that unless you know what it is like to be truly afraid and have no one around to help with, then don't preach to me your atheism. And wow, it takes a proud man to say he never needs any sort of help or encouragement. I sure need it. Now, having a Christian faith doesn't mean you have to be all religious. I'm not. And guess what? Nor was Jesus. In fact, if you read about him, he was totally fun, ridiculously free, loved a party, and always hung out with the so-called low life. The only people he ever got angry with were the religious types. Instead, finding a faith should make you freer, more full of life, more filled with joy, with peace, with love than you'll ever imagine. And those qualities in abundance will only make you stronger and more capable of living a more adventurous life. And what's even better is that Jesus turns out to be much more than just a guide or a simple pointer of the way. He's a backbone. He's a companion and a friend. And by the way, it's also good to know that faith isn't one-sided. As Christ said, I have come to seek and to save. I call it the quest and my biggest adventure. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. On amazing provocation. And you know, here's the thing. We're in a, a church building, which used to be a crayon factory. We're in a, a place somewhere in the, you know, 40 minutes north of London, a little town called Bedford. But actually, it could still be the most significant place that you could ever know. Because just like Bear Grylls, when he was up in a tree, said a very simple prayer to say, God, I want you as part of my life. Each one of us has the opportunity of doing that as well. There's an amazing passage in John chapter 10, a verse that simply says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, Jesus didn't come to, to stop a party. He is the party. And you know, his life, his death, his resurrection from the cross, the fact that he's now 
calling people, even today, to come and have fullness of life with him. That's an incredible thing. And here's how we're going to close, okay? I just want to give anyone the opportunity. If they feel like today is a day that they want to know the same faith and the same trust in a Savior that Bear Grylls has been talking about and that I've been sharing with you. And so just for a moment, can I just ask for, for people just across the room to just bow their heads and close their eyes for a second? Not because there's anything spiritual about it other than it gives people the opportunity of fixing their eyes on God and not worrying about what's going on around them. And if you want to pray a simple prayer with me to say, God, I do want to know you, then you can pray this prayer in your heart along with me. Jesus, today I feel inspired. And I want to know you. I want to know what it means to be forgiven. And I want to know what it means to be whole and to live a life which is full and in abundance. So Father, I pray that you'd forgive me. And I ask that you'd come into my life today by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.